0: thanks for joining us today for the ramp Church podcast. We pray that you'll be encouraged and empowered by this week's message and you would encounter God wherever you're listening from. If you'd like to know more about ramp Church Manchester or would like to partner with us in giving, visit us over on our website ramp.church/mcr or find us on social media. Now let's go into this week's message. Well, I, I, love, I love to hang around with people who dream big, and, uh, and if, if you've ever been around Andy Hawthorne, he is one of those. He challenges my vision, he challenges my faith, and uh, from, from reaching people in our city to, to reaching people in other nations from vulnerable youth to now message community church and community grocery stores the vision never ends it just keeps coming and out of lockdown he said you know what we've we've been locked down for a couple years let's just let's just dream about the biggest event that has ever happened in manchester let's let's have budgets bigger than we can imagine volunteers needs bigger than we can imagine so we can reach a harvest field we've never reached before amen yeah. So why are we giving so much time to this uh, uh, in our community? Well, a couple reasons. Number one, we believe what God wants to do in this this city is bigger than Ramp Church. Right? So for us, we have a piece of the pie. And God's doing amazing things in churches and communities and ministries and nonprofits and charities all around this city, and we have a piece of the pie, just a tiny piece. I'm going to take my piece really really seriously. But we're just a piece of the pie. And so to be a part of of what God is doing citywide, we connect with others. And we believe in the vision that God puts on other people's hearts and we get behind it. And so that's why we're giving several weeks to this to even prepare. God, what does it look like to be a part of a citywide movement? And not just care for the people in our local community. And and I believe in the hyper-local church, my street. I want to pastor my street. But I also believe that God wants to change cities and shift cities. And I want, I want you to help me welcome a leader in our city, in our nation, and in other nations who's leading this next phase with Festival Manchester, Andy Hawthorne. Come on up. All right. Well, thanks, Joe, for that
1: welcome. It's always a delight to be at Ramp Church, and got to love Joe and Stacey and the team here, so, uh, and uh, it's just so brilliant to see you all. God's moving in our city. Honestly, he is. And it's kind of up to us if we want to be part of the action or not. And uh, some churches are on the back foot and fearful. Others are like, let me have them. I don't know whether there's any cricket fans in the house. Anybody like cricket? I mean, Joe and Stacey will totally not understand cricket. It's a game that lasts for five days and can end in a draw. You know How crazy is that? But last week, there was like the best match of test cricket you've ever seen. Anybody with me here or am I losing you all here? England played New Zealand and a year ago we played New Zealand and pretty much on the last day the situation was the same. Uh, we needed to score a record number of runs to win the match and the captain, Joe Root, decided we were going to play it safe. We were going to block out every ball and the fans were all bored stiff and they worked hard all day, blocked every ball, eight hours of this stuff, tedium, and they shuffled off the pitch at the end, and they had the ultimate ball draw, and all the fans, you know, got on the trams like, oh, that was a waste of money. Last week, new captain, new leadership, new vision, let me happen. Ben Stokes came out Johnny Bairstow the, the manager said just go for it boys and they smashed a record numbers of sixes, fours and had the second biggest run chase ever in the history of the game and they won and they ran off the pitch like this come on and the fans were like who love cricket that was the best day of my life I'd pay double for that any day and we can kind of decide church whether we want to be like that let's hold on to what we've got we're coming out of COVID oh no there's fear there's you know are people going to give with all the inflation and the cost of living crisis we can be super safe play for a draw and guess what we'll be bored stiff or we can go let me in let me in come on let's have some faith at a time like this let's step up especially as Christians when man the harvest is on You do know that I've never known a time in my Christian life when people are so soft to Jesus. We answer in the gospel all the big questions that people are asking about the mortality and the mental health issues and the sense of fear and the doubt for the future. And Jesus has got all the answers for the questions people are asking right now. And I've never known a time when it's so easy to lead people to Jesus. So let's lead some people to Jesus. On an epic scale that never one ministry or one church could pull off. But together, two weeks today, in one sense terrifyingly, we'll be in Wintershaw Park and we're believing for thousands and thousands and thousands of people to come to Christ. But we're also believing for the spiritual temperature to change in our city as we show people the kindness of God and we boldly preach the gospel. And the goal of Ramp Church, I'm guessing, is the same as the goal of the message and all the stuff that God's raised up in the city. We want to see this city transformed in Jesus' Jesus name. We don't just want to see more and more people in Oasis Academy on a Sunday morning. That's the byproduct. We want to see a city change. If you're going to see a city changed, I believe you go after two things. You go after the poor and the broken and the marginalized. The church steps up and starts to foster and adopt kids into Christian families. Honestly, if that's all we had, it would would be an amazing outcome of Festival Manchester. Because these kids, these 500 kids, you look at the statistics, they're the kids who end up in prison and homeless and chaotic and addicted and broken so many of them the statistics are terrifying but place them in a Christian home guess what they don't I mean we can change the lives of kids who are just desperate for mums and dads right now so even if you think you know like oh maybe we could do that just go and have a chat with Mike please he won't turn up this afternoon with two little kids, one in each hand. Here they are, you know. Here's Jimmy and here's Jordan. <laughs> but uh, you'll start a process and you're praying and you're making yourselves available. Why not do something beautiful? I love the fact compassion are here as well. I'm a compassion freak. We're believing that a legacy could be a thousand kids sponsored in the developing world. You know, wherever I go, whenever I can. You know, as a family, we sponsor four kids, one for each of us. And to have that reminder of the, poor, of the poorest of the poor, praying, writing, cheering them on, that's been transformational for our family. Absolutely key in my son getting saved was sponsoring kids through compassion. And, it was, and we had the privilege of going out there to visit our kids in Haiti. And he came back and he's like, there is a God, Dad. <laughs> he came back from seeing God work amongst the poorest of the poor and said, oh, can I get baptised? I'm like, of course you can, Sam. And it was seeing God, getting God's heart for the poor and his uni room went with, from being covered in all sorts of strange posters to being covered in pictures of compassion kids and the poor and the broken because God had just gripped his heart with the poor. So come on, you know, you could do that today. You could do something beautiful. Message doesn't get anything out of it. But those little ones who are going to be saved in the developing world in every possible way you can be saved. I mean, what a beautiful thing to do. So go and see Home for Good. Please go and see compassion and please 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 volunteer for festival manchester joe said have you got enough volunteers the answer is yes if we work all our message team like absolute slaves for three days if we all do 20 hour shifts we can probably pull off this festival but wouldn't it be even more amazing if it could be spread out if the thousand volunteers was around lots of churches this morning you don't want to be an old person and you didn't get involved in the action You don't want to be an old person. You weren't on that field praying with a brand new baby Christian. What an honour. You don't want to be serving when you could serve with the church in Manchester in a way we've never served before. So if you go over there, you can just fill in one of these volunteer forms. Uh, Please do it. Everybody do it. Why not? Let's just go for it and uh, do something together we could never do on our own. There's also loads of these flyers. And I had this little thought this week. I wonder how many people... In your street, have got like a WhatsApp group on the back of COVID. Just raise your hands. If you've got a little group network in your street and connecting your street, it's amazing how many people have. Our street has just been a beautiful community loving on one another. If you've got that, take enough festival manchester flyers for your street, put one through every door, then invite them on your WhatsApp group. That's not that hard, is it? And put posters up in your window. We've got posters. If you've got a school, put posters up in your school, just take them. Step out and let, you, let your schoolmates see you're putting the poster up. <laughs> and We're seeing kids do that all over the city and it's beautiful. And there's a special youth night on the Friday. If you're a young person or you have young people in your family, take a load of those flyers. So there's plenty to go up. But the key, my key takeaway would be volunteer. Please ramp. Serve over the weekend. Pick a slot. You know, we've got like three slots each day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, where you could get involved in multiple different jobs to just serve in this thing. It's relying on the God's church stepping up and they're go and see Home for Good and Compassion over there. Beautiful. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you will just, your church will step up at this time. I ask you like never before that we'll go and give and serve and bless and the result will be massive glory to you. And please, Jesus, a massive harvest for you. We do believe that thousands could come into your kingdom and the whole atmosphere could change. It'll be easier to reach people. Your spirit will be moving at a next level way all across this region. We long for it, Jesus. Amen. So, wow, it's brilliant to walk in here this morning. And I walked in, you know, I got up this morning and it's been a busy season. And, you know, I knew you were meeting together. I didn't know you were meeting at Oasis Academy. How about that? I'm sorry about that. But uh, I thought I was going to Stretford. It's a good job. I looked at my phone (laughs) and it said Oasis Academy. And I walked in here. And honestly, it was a little bit emotional because I remember about 15 years ago, the the guys who, there's a biggest church in Manchester, apart from cathedrals, was on this site. Did you know that? It was United Reformed Church, massive, great, big, round church. And the guys who ran it from the United Reformed Church got in touch with us. There's about 10 of them left in this tiny little room in the building. But they own this huge facility. And they said, could you do anything with it? Could Message do anything with it? So I came over, and honestly, the building was knackered. It was uh, such a mess, holes in the floor, ramshackle. Every room was just like... Uh, pigeons coming in and things and this URC church was meeting in a tiny little room in the corner and I walked into the middle floor there was a 1500 seat venue and the guy said well we used to at the start of the 20th century they, they had 1500 people and there's a move of God amongst people from the docks and ordinary working class people and the spirit was moving and amazing things told us about all the feeding programs and all the care for the poor wow and I'm like but we've got so much on. And it's going to cost millions to do it with this building. So somebody else had a vision for you They knocked the church down, built this amazing school. But I, I walked in and then I saw you guys. I'm like, wow, it's happening again. God's moving. Do it again, Lord. Don't let it just be people who gather on a Sunday morning. Yes, passionate. Yes, worship. Yes, prayer. Let us see the lost, the broken, the marginalized. You know, weast across the road, there's a nightmare. There's so much need, so much brokenness. Fill this church with those people, God. Do it again. Or oh, even Festival Manchester. Wouldn't it be amazing if we started to see loads of local people just gathering and God's doing that thing again he did 100 and odd years ago. Do you want that? Yes. Well, it'll be very costly, but it be very amazing as well. Oh, flip. Look at the time. Right. It's get to the Bible. It's get to the Bible. Luke chapter 10, if you've got a Bible. And uh, just recently, I felt drawn again, well, whatever, have, uh, to the, the, the Jesus stories, Jesus parables, these absolutely classic, familiar words in the New Testament. Don't you love that Jesus was a storyteller? Stories that you could take on two levels, stories that could like, oh, yeah, that's interesting, or the stories that you could get the deep, hidden meaning, and it could completely change your life exactly the same this morning, you can come along, you think good band, I think she's pretty good, better than Adele, come on, come on Joe, (laughs) anyway, but uh, you know, great band, great worship, passionate Americans, you know, like, but, uh, and you can go away and you can miss it, Or you can engage with what the Holy Spirit's doing and have your life completely changed. It was the same with Jesus. I also love that in Jesus' day, you know, the big stars were storytellers. There were no movie stars or pop stars. And people would travel for hours and hours to hear these people tell a tale in these great amphitheaters. And Jesus used the medium of the day to communicate kingdom truth. To communicate the message of the gospel and the heart of the Father. And he just told stories and the ordinary people loved it because it was like, here's authority. This is not boring, weird religion. There's an amazing way of communicating. Anyway, that's, that's our Jesus. And in Luke chapter 10, before he tells this story, one of his most famous, the parable of the good Samaritan, we find Jesus as excited as at any time in his life. Literally. Luke chapter 10, verse 21 says this. At that time, Jesus... Full of joy through the Holy Spirit. Literally, that word "full of joy" is rejoicing. Go back to the original language; it means jumping and leaping and spinning like a top. Jesus, imagine when you love to seen there. Jesus is jumping and leaping and spinning like a top through the Holy Spirit why because he sent the disciples out two by two he's invested in them and then he sent them out two by two to go to the village and town where he's going to go and they come back with these incredible reports guess what Jesus it works When we pray for the sick in your name, they get healed. When we preach the gospel in your name, they get saved. When we cast out demons, the demons flee. And Jesus hears the reports and he's full of joy through the Holy Spirit. And he says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. This was your good pleasure. Jesus is like, Father, it's going to work. Through this bunch of jokers. It's going to work in Manchester through this bunch of jokers. Ordinary people filled with the Holy Spirit. Doing the Jesus stuff and seeing the Jesus results. And throughout history that's how the world has been changed. Just by ordinary people. And Jesus is so excited. He's excited that you will go out in the power of the Spirit. And they'll be rejoicing in heaven over one sinner's rescued life. Imagine the rejoicing in heaven over thousands of sinners rescued life as we do this thing together. So Jesus is excited in Luke chapter 10. And then as always seemed to be the case, at the high points in Jesus' life, the miserable, joy-crushing, peace-robbing, religious posse started pecking away. You know, they've been busily. And then in Luke chapter 10, verse 25, it says these words A teacher of the law. Let me read it. It says, On that, the next, this is the next words after this amazing season of ministry with the 72 going out two by two. It says, An expert in the law stood up to test Jesus, the cheeky rat, (laughs) the created one (laughs) testing the creator the cheek of it the religious leader thinks he can test Jesus so he decided he was going to test Jesus oh he'd heard about Jesus saying I'm the way the truth and the life no one gets the God through me he heard him say I'm the light of the world he'd heard him claim to be God in the flesh he was the only way to the father he said no one gets the father but through me so and Jesus was claiming he was the only way to eternal life and he is but well, the teacher of the law came to test him and said, "What must I do to inherit eternal life?" Then, and of course, he wanted Jesus to say, "Come to me, receive forgiveness of your sins. I am the way, the truth, the life, etc., etc." And then he could probably have been arrested for blasphemy and crucified. But this wasn't his time. Jesus replies to the guy by saying, "What's written in the law? You're an expert in the law. You spent your whole life studying the Old Testament law. How do you read it?" And the religious leader answers. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength and love your neighbour as yourself. And Jesus says, you've answered correctly, do this and you'll live. And the religious leader is like super disappointed. He wanted to, you know, flex his religious muscles, show how clever he was, show how much he knew the Old Testament law, have a bit of a debate, theological debate with Jesus. And Jesus just said, okay, do that, you can have eternal life. If you can love God perfectly and love your fellow man perfectly, you can have eternal life. And that's the truth. The only problem is nobody's ever done it. (laughs) Apart from one person. What's his name? Our Jesus did it. And guess what? I'm clothed with Jesus. Guess what? When God looks at me, he doesn't see what I used to be, but he sees Jesus. Guess what? I'm going to march into eternal life confident, not because of what I've done, but because of what he's done. And you can too. And if you don't know that today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to receive eternal life, to receive Jesus, to be acceptable to the Father. There's nothing like it. So Jesus says, do this and you'll live. But the religious leader was not happy. And the Bible says he wanted to justify himself. Ew. Isn't that what religion's all about? Trying to justify yourself. Aren't we all a little bit like that sometimes, especially when we're attacked? We want to justify ourselves and push back, wanting to justify himself. He asked Jesus, who's my neighbour? Come on, Jesus, who's my neighbour? And so Jesus, it must have been so annoying to him, told a little story. Let's read it. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away and left him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the road And when he saw the man he passed by on the other side, so too a Levite, he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him He went to him and bandaged his wound, poured oil and wine on. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these men do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law said the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise can't get away from the fact that Christian faith is about love, loving God and loving your neighbour. Without love we're nothing. Check your heart this morning. How much do you really love God? How much do you love people? How much do you love kids who are fostered and adopted and kids who are desperate for sponsors in the developing world? Whatever. How much do you love the people of Manchester who are like sheep without a shepherd? They're just don't know what they're doing, half of them, not half, 90% of people don't know Christ and the dying and the sins and the lost. How much does that bother you? How much do you love those people and, and what are we going to do about it? You know, I'm like the kind of guy who, I, I, I love people like me. That was the problem with the Pharisee. I guess I love, you know, what might be called charismatic, gently charismatic evangelicals who are straight and Man United fans. But that's not what Jesus is calling for. He wants us to love everybody, doesn't he? It's where the religious leaders were lacking, where this man was lacking. They just—he just loved people like him. He loved the Pharisees, he loved the religious, but he he hated the Samaritans. I mean, the Samaritans were like religious half-breeds. They hate the the two cultures clashed and they hated each other with a deep, deep. Hatred. He hated the fact that Jesus hung out with tax collectors and sinners. You know, his friends were prostitutes and gang members and con men. Have you ever thought what Jesus' parties were like? You know, these parties are always at parties. Have you ever thought the dodgy deals that were going on in the corner, of those rooms, and ever thought the, the inappropriate clothes the girls are wearing, or the you know the people who are off the faces on whatever it was in that corner, and the language, and in the middle of it all is the holiest man who's ever lived, and he just loved being there. That's our Jesus, and the religious crew couldn't stand it. So to try and put him on the right track, Jesus told him this little story these would be real world characters for the people at the time like all Jesus stories you know there really was a road from Jerusalem to Jericho 17 miles long it was a dangerous road it was a road with lots of rocks and bandits used to hang out on this road and they would regularly attack people it was a dangerous road you didn't want to go down on your own and then this guy goes down this road and he's attacked He's stripped of his clothes, he's beaten and they went away and left him at the side of the road, half dead. And the first person who came along was a priest. Probably, you imagine leaving the temple in Jerusalem. They used to do shifts in the temple. So they'd do two weeks serving in the temple and then they'd go home to the families for a bit and then they'd go back for two weeks. And so he's doing his religious stuff and he's walking by and he's like, I've just done enough religion now. I've got no time for this guy. But also, if he was a priest, if he touched a dead body, because the guy's half dead, he's not whether really he's dead or not. If he touched a half dead, a dead body, he had to go through all this religious rigmarole to get purified again. He just didn't have time for it. He went to get back to his family, so he walked by on the other side. And then along comes a Levite, another guy who should have known better, a man who served in the temple. But he was too busy and too hard-hearted to get involved. Let's not give him too bad a rap. How often do we do that? How often do we just get hard-hearted towards the need? You know, we've done our religious bit. We've given into the offering. We've served. We've signed up for Festival Manchester. We've sponsored a Compassion Kid. What else do you want us to do? You know, just got to get on my life now, surely. But then along came a hated Samaritan. And he showed the religious people what love really looked like. Because love looks like people cutting across our schedule. And it, love looks like cost. Love is costly. You look at Jesus. What a perfect example of the ultimate good Samaritan he was. We cut across his schedule. He's the Lord of glory. He spoke and the universe was formed. How about this for cutting across his schedule because of his great love for you? He left heaven and came to earth and died on a cross and took the punishment for your sins. And all the way through his life, even when he was like the ultimate visionary on his way to Jerusalem, cost constantly let broken, hurting people carve across his plans. That's our Jesus And guess what he said at the end of this parable? He said, go and do likewise if you want to be my follower. So the foreigner, the Samaritan, the half-breed, the hated one, did 10, count them, 10 beautiful things for this broken, beaten up, hurting man. One, he saw him. The Bible says he saw the man. The other two didn't even see him. Don't we walk past homeless people like that sometimes? We don't even see them. Don't walk past addicts and broken people? Don't we walk past lost people on our street? And we don't even realise, we don't remember what it was like to be without Christ. We become so hard. We don't even see the need. You know, I told you I'm a Man United fan. I'm sure most of you are as well. But I used to be a United fan when United were good. And there was a time when it wasn't Liverpool and City, it was Arsenal and Man United. Anybody remember those beautiful days? And Arsenal had an annoying manager called Arsene Wenger. And Arsene Wenger was Arsenal's manager. And he was famous at the end of a game when, you know, Patrick Vieira had taken out beautiful Wayne Rooney at the thighs and scythed him and he should have been sent off. Mr. Wenger, did you not see that tackle? That was appalling. Surely he should have been sent off. What do you think? He'd say, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Yes, you did. And we're like that, aren't we, Sometimes all this need and we're just so on our own agenda that we don't even see it but the Samaritan saw it secondly he took pity on him that's good that's a good start guess what it's not enough it's not enough to just have compassion towards the lost and the last and the least God is asking for so much more as asking to go to them he went to him The Bible says he bandaged his wound. Now I'm guessing that this guy did not have a medical kit on the Jerusalem to Jericho Road. He probably ripped strips off his clothes and bandaged this guy up. He poured oil, five, and he poured out wine. He gave his best, in other words, the best of his own stuff. He put the man on his donkey, seven. Suddenly now he's walking and the other guy's riding on his donkey. That sounds kind of inconvenient, doesn't it? That's like heart, you know, I'm giving him my stuff and I haven't got the stuff now. He put him on his donkey along this dangerous road. He brought him to the inn. Eight, he took care of him. Next level, love for a stranger, don't you think? And then ten. First of all, he gave the... Innkeeper, two denarii. You know the price of a stay at an inn in Jesus' day? They found it. They found like Roman relics with the prices of an inn. One thirty-second of a denarii was a night in an inn, in this area in Jesus' day. So he gave the innkeeper enough money to look after this guy for two months as he travelled on his road. And then he said, whatever it costs, bill it to me. Blank check. Whatever it costs whatever it costs to sort this guy out medical bills food support counseling whatever the guy needs I'm in Jesus said go and do likewise who even lives like that who's prepared to give a blank check not just put some money in the tithes and offerings but I'm all in with this gospel for the last least and lost do you get me is it a challenge or what people in ram church this morning So Jesus says to the so-called expert in the law, so there's my answer. (laughs) Who's his neighbor? And he couldn't even say Samaritan. He spat out, I suppose the one. I suppose the one who cared for him. And Jesus said, spot on. Go and do likewise. If you want to follow me, if you want to please God, if you want to live out, what I've spoken, go and do likewise. We have every opportunity this week to go and do likewise. Perhaps we have the greatest opportunity in my lifetime as churches come together and churches are praying for every street in this city and The temperature's rising. Perhaps we have the greatest opportunity in our lifetime to go and do likewise. Just go and find some people. Maybe they might not be bleeding and dying on the side of the road, but inside they're so lost and so empty. And we have the answer, people. We have it all. God's saying, go, go in my name, go. God, forgive us when we're so wrapped up in our own little worlds. Help us to be these people who live like you, Jesus Jesus said, they'll know you Christians by your love. Let's be a church that just loves on people in this season. Because so much is at stake. You know what's at stake? Eternal life. Eternal life. Wake up, church. You'll never regret loving people. You'll never regret going beyond yourself. You'll never regret giving a blank check to Jesus, whatever it takes to serve you in this generation. The only thing we regret is when we cling on to it for ourselves. My, right, Father's Day. I'm nearly done. My dad died 31 years ago. And uh, he was ace. And he was a Christian, a preacher and all that. But um, he was, had heart had all sorts of problems with his heart and he was sent over to the hospital basically to die and when he died he sat next to my mum in bed and he was could hardly breathe and he was fighting for breath he was obviously on his way out and he said sing to me christine so she got the mission praise billy graham hymn book out and she started singing abba father a you know that song that old, old school song abba father let me be yours and yours alone she started singing a b c and then Holy Spirit came in the room and my dad perked up for a bit and they sang through a few more hymns together. They got to tea. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And he died singing that song. And my mum got like a vision and she saw my dad like being carried into a beautiful garden. And it was, and she heard Uncle Ken's voice who died a year or so earlier, George, come in. George, it's amazing in here. And she heard Christian Fenn saying, George, look what the Lord's got waiting for you. It was just a massive comfort through that grieving process. And the funeral was like a celebration because we knew where my dad had gone. It's eternal life that's at stake. There's only Jesus can welcome you into the garden And he wants to welcome you into the garden. And he wants to welcome this whole city. He died for everybody who's ever lived. And Jesus can do that. And he can give you something to live until you fully enter eternal life. Eternal life starts actually the day you give your life to Jesus. And start loving God and loving other people in his name. Open our eyes, Lord. Let's pray before we finish this service. God, this week, help me to see the need of my neighbors who are lost without you. Help me to see the hurting and the broken and the desperate and care for them in your name because you've told me to go and do likewise and I daren't disobey you because that's where life to the full comes when we follow you, Jesus. Let's just bow our heads because I'll pray a, a big prayer for Christians in a minute, but I don't know who's here this morning, I don't know where you're at, but I don't want to come this morning in this build-up to Festival Manchester, and if you aren't sure you're going to spend all eternity with, he- with Christ in heaven, if you're not sure that your sins are forgiven, or if you've fallen far away and you found yourself in church this morning, I just want to give you an opportunity with everybody just bow your head a second, just pray for the people around you, I just want to give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ, to make him Lord, and with his strength, to love him with your whole heart, soul, mind, and being. And to love other people, love your neighbors with his strength. To live the life of sacrifice. He's Lord, He's King, but you know where you're going. You like me, I, I'm gonna be there, but you know, I'll look a lot better than this. I'll have six pack and hair. And, but it'll be me, but it'll be the new me. Because <laughs> I'm gonna be in heaven. If you don't know this morning. Jesus is truly Lord of your life. Well, you can know. I'll pray a little prayer, and then I'll ask you to just raise your hand in Ramp Church this morning just to say yes to Jesus. Lord, I pray this morning that salvation will spring up in this church. You'll raise up people who radically love you and radically love people in your name. Have your way, Jesus. Come, Lord. If you want to truly give your life to christ this morning make him lord of your life just raise your hand right where you are anybody yes that's it mate yes beautiful just keep your hands up a sec because i want to just pray that's great anybody else people popping their hands up that's beautiful yes anybody else thank you lord just raise your hand not to me but to jesus he's here and he'll say yes he says anybody who comes to me there's no way i'll turn them away Yes, that's it. Wonderful. Yes, I'm just going to wait a moment because this is like a holy moment right now. This is like the first fruits of Festival Manchester, you get it? We're going to see this on a mass scale. People just saying, I'm all in. Anybody else just need to raise your hand and say yes to Jesus. Yes, that's it. Beautiful. Go on. I think we've seen five or six people raise their hands. Yes, that's right. In the middle there, yeah. seven. Anybody else just want to join in? What a beautiful thing. So yes, eight at the back. It says in the Bible, it's rejoicing in heaven over one sinner's rescued life. So a party is kicking off in heaven right now. Let's join in. Let's get, yes, mate. Let's get a bit excited about this. It's beautiful. Eight people. Come on, Lord. Anybody else? Yes, Lord. Just raise your hands to heaven, to Jesus. Come on. Come on. Yes, mate. At the back there. Beautiful let's just join with these people and even if you didn't raise your hand but you really want to be a Christian you really want forgiveness just pray this out loud make it in your heart and your head to God and God says yes and the whole church will join in with you brilliant come on let's just pray this dear Lord Jesus please forgive every sin fill me with your spirit and help me to live your life help me to love you and love the people you made thank you for dying on the cross for me thank you that you're alive today be alive in me jesus and with your help i'll live all out for you for the rest of my days amen give the lord a round of applause and welcome these newbies into the family thank you jesus Just one more prayer for you guys who raise your hands, but for the whole church. Lord, I pray you'll give us eyes to see. Give us eyes to see what you're doing and to be part of the action. Amen. Amen.